We got a podcast happening for Corbin family and friends on ESPN Fantasy. Welcome in to another episode of the Corbine Family and Friends Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, it's your commissioner, Dutch, joined with the one and only Lucas James Romick. Brother, week two is in the books. How are you doing? I'm telling you what, I'm a little frustrated after last weekend's collective losses of the Bikini Bottom Burrows and the Cincinnati Bengals. But Dutch, I'm doing all right. It's another week. It's another day. The sun rises again. And uh, another opportunity to be great on Sunday. I feel that. I feel that. How are we doing over in sunny Florida, baby? It, it depends on how the weather is. Sometimes it's sunny, sometimes it's not. And that's kind of how fantasy has been for me overall. I mean, this league has been doing well, but we'll get into the matchup so far. And week three ain't looking great so far. But, um, hey, Florida's great. Life's great. You can't complain. And, uh and yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's get into the NFL action here because a lot has happened and we got a great slate of uh, matchups coming up for week three. But let's talk about what happened week two, because that was an insane week. And I think that sets the cadence of what's going to be coming in the NFL going forward. So I started with both of us. I mean, you alluded to it earlier. Bengals are 0-2, lost to Cooper uh, Rush and the Cowboys. And lost, uh, lost in heartbreaking fashion the week before to the Steelers. Now, for me, I, the Broncos, although they won last week, we have a coach that looks over his head, and we are now the punchline of the NFL, even at 1-1. We won, but it feels like a loss. So we're both kind of in the ringer right now when it comes to the NFL. But uh, we're here. We're ready. I, I still hold true to my prediction that both of our teams are going to be in the pl- playoff action late. And uh, it just is what it is. We got some setbacks. But what are your thoughts so far on both of our teams kind of having this early season struggle? Hey, as, I, as you and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording, Dutchie, I say, if you don't want the Bengals on their bad days, you don't deserve them on their good days. So we're going to get through this. I believe Joe Burrow is still fighting demons from the Super Bowl, and additionally, mm. I have not been able to beat the Steelers in Madden with my Bengals franchise. No or, way. Um, because you have to get 400 yards and no turnovers, and they are good. So I feel like there are collective a few things in the background that need to get solved in order for the Bengals to achieve success. I'll do my part. I know Joe Burrow will do his. And uh, for the Broncos, it started when you guys picked up Russell Wilson, brother. Broncos country, let's ride has been a punchline for every quarterback in all of football. Every single quarterback's doing it as a joke. And additionally, um, the team's got some questionable decision-making out there, Dutchie. It's like the Bengals choosing not to go for field goals. They're saying, let's ride with field goals. Let's do that. Uh, all these other different things. So, hey, at least they pulled out a W, and uh, we got another crazy slot of games this week to review, baby. Yeah, we do. We do. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's uh, It's been disappointing so far. Um, 
And I mean, I don't like the excuses for a first year coach because let's talk about what happened in the NFL in the NFL with a team with a first year coach that had one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen the dolphins with Mike McDaniels. What a effort they had with their new team. They are, they came through down 35 to 14 in the fourth quarter bomb to Tyreek, another bomb to Tyreek Jalen Waddle with a ton of touch. It, it's a, it was an incredible effort. And I mean, that's a team that's well coached with a first year coach. So I think, Hey, what a win by the, the Dolphins. I had no, I did not see this coming. I switched it off to, to red zone. I, I saw the score come back. I was like, holy crap, they're tied. What the hell? Man, brother, what, what, did, you, what did you think about the, the Dolphins' comeback? That was impressive. Against your AC North rival. Yeah, I got to catch the tail end of that game right before uh, the Bengals game came on, and I said, hell yeah, baby. The AFC North is back to regular schedule programming. programming. The Steelers got jumped on. The Browns. We'll talk about that in a second. And then now the Ravens, I said, we're back. Always for a huge Bengals W. Uh, but, hey, Dolphins, Mike Daniel, shout out, baby. That is a solid team right there. It's going to be a sweet Thursday matchup, Thursday night matchup next week. So we will have to get the podcast out before that. Uh, yeah. But excited uh, that the Dolphins are doing well and getting some success that they have been desperately trying to get for years. Yeah, shout out to uh... – Charman Chris Greer, they, that team is set up for success. I mean, you and I talked about it last week that Tyreek was a good, solid investment. And you're like, I don't think he had the greatest week last week, but I, he had the domination that I could first see where this would something like this would happen. I will admit when I'm wrong on the podcast, and I was wrong on the podcast. But right. Trevor Lawrence still sucks. We're not getting past that. That is a fact. And we'll see about that. I mean, you have his receiver, and that's something we need to talk about a little bit later. But you talked about it earlier, the Browns. <laughs> I just have to laugh. Um, they had a solid win on Thursday Night Football, but let's talk about what happened in week two because that was an, aw- an awful collapse. Um, Nick Chubb, he admitted he probably shouldn't have ran that touchdown in, but the Jets, with less than two minutes, put up two touchdowns to win the game. To the Jets. <laughs> Brother, what did you think about seeing that one? That was insane. I did not – again, another comeback I did not see coming. Onside kicks, they are rough, and they're much harder to, to succeed with now. But they got one. And they all, and the Steelers almost got one last week too. Yeah, I didn't get to watch that game, but I was watching the ticker at the bottom of the screen, and I said, oh, Browns pulled out a W. Then I looked at it again, and I said, holy shit, the Jets pulled out a W. So. Um, I know people were blaming Nick Chubb, a whole bunch of other things, but uh, I love a good spoiled Browns day, yep. uh, which they did not have this past Thursday. They came back out to play and uh, made the Steelers look like the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you follow this guy on, on YouTube, but a uh, YouTuber by the name of Tom, uh, Tom Grossi, he's hilarious. He does all these skits about fan reactions to teams. They, he had one about the, the Jets versus the Browns, and he referred to the Browns, uh, him acting as a Browns fan. He's like, what did we do to deserve this? He's like, oh, I know what we did to deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I can't believe the things we keep seeing from fans at the games. Uh, yeah. They need to, like, we own Deshaun Watson, man. 
Like the Browns are essentially proudly supporting sexual assault. <laughs> They're like Cleveland. Open, open sexual assault in Cleveland. Why that is a that is a a good thing there. So yeah, not not a mark of a good franchise. Let's put it that way. Um, now another another late game stunner that I'm not sure if you got to see or not, but the Raiders they had a huge lead, uh, double digit if my memory serves me correct, 20-point lead against the Cardinals. But then Hunter Renfro with back-to-back fumbles, one of them recovered, one of them uh, by his own team, the next one recovered by the Cardinals. Return for a touchdown, end of game and overtime. Did you see that game at all? That was an insane stunner. And as a Bronco fan, I enjoyed that. I love seeing the Raiders lose. I only got to see the tail end of that game as well. And watching that uh, crazy two-point conversion, I was just like, my goodness. Because uh, I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan. I think uh, even when we covered it earlier in the year on the uh, pre-draft podcast that he had to get a film study into his contract, I said, oh, this guy's a mess. But, hey, the kid can ball. There's no doubt about that. And I'll say, kid, uh, to use that as my only joke about his size. Cause yep. But, my goodness, heck of a game. And at least you're not the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, they got blown out by the Jags. The Jaguars? Come on now. (laughs) That is an awful way to start your season. A tie against Houston and a loss to the Jags and a blowout at that. My goodness, what do you think, Dutch? Man, that was – that's what I was saying as a Bronco fan. Even though we won, it felt like we lost. But (laughs) – I was always saying, I'm like, at least we're not the Colts. You know, the Colts, I, I would be flabbergasted as a fan of them. You, you think Matty Ice is the uh, is an upgrade to Carson Wentz? Look at what Carson Wentz is doing right now for Washington. We're not going to get into the Washington game, but Carson Wentz is having success. It makes you think maybe it's just the franchise of the Colts that is just not that great. As uh, um, A lot of people alluded to them as dark horse uh, Super Bowl contenders when they had Phillip Rivers when they had Carson Wentz, and when they had Matt Ryan. But maybe it's just that the Colts are just not a good franchise. And, uh, yeah, they lost to your uh, to, to your Trevor Lawrence. Shutout. 24 hey. nothing. if I have memory serves me correct. As long as he keeps dropping dimes to Christian Kirk, I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> hey. Hey, we thought we we originally thought that they overpaid for Christian Kirk, but he's coming through so far. So I will say I thought he was overpaid for, but um, ultimately they they cleaned house at wide receivers, so he is the number one guy, and he's putting up number one numbers. So yep. good on yep. him. Glad he's uh, getting his shine on down there. And awful, awful humid Jacksonville. <laughs> but um, hey. Who do you think is the best-looking team so far in this season, Dutchie? Hey, you're speaking about number one. You said number one receiver. How about number one team in the NFL? And that's the fucking Bills. The Bills are killing it. It is it is insane. They are mopping up teams that are good teams. You had the number one seed from last year in the AFC, the Titans, mop the floor with them. You have the, the last year's Super Bowl champions, the Rams, mop the floor with them. It's reminiscent to the 07 Patriots. And um, and my guess is that these spreads are just going to get larger and larger and larger, and they're just going to just keep on hitting them. Obviously, I think they're going to lose at some point. It's, I think it's impossible. I will not. I think in my lifetime, I will not see a, a team go undefeated again, just given 
that there's likely just going to be more and more NFL games, meaning it's going to be harder to go undefeated. But I can easily see this team go 15-2 and two and just mop up the competition. And I think they're by far the best team. They have the best offense and one of the best defenses. They did have a streak like this last year uh, in the middle of the season as well. So this isn't something we haven't seen before. And we're going to have to see if they stay healthy because we were talking about how bad the Colts are. That last weekend, they were missing Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, their other uh, number two receiver, mm-hmm. rookie receiver. And Shaq Leonard hasn't played, formerly Darius Leonard, for those who don't know, he changed his name or has now gone by. Shaq, Shaquille Leonard, um, hasn't played yet. So he has missed both games. And he's their star rock on the defense. So um, Micah Hyde out for the season. The Bills' safety, just this just in neck injury and is done for the year so hopefully the rest of the bills can stay healthy but it's going to be tough to maintain that performance with star injuries especially like micah hyde falling in the secondary yep yep but right now if you ask me right now the number one team is the bills so um but that's the nfl recap we got a great podcast coming up to you we're going to review major transactions we're going to review matchups from week two, current standings, our power rankings and weekly reward segments. And then we're going to preview this week's matchups, which will include what happened Thursday night. So that does influence the win prediction kind of model that we've been using in the podcast. But we got a great one here. And Luke, let's just start out with uh, with the um, – with the transactions, man, there has been some great transactions so far, and I am loving it. So let's start out with in chronological order of some of these trades that's happened. We have we had a three way trade, so I'm going to try to put it together because um, it looks a little confusing from the ESPN standpoint. But actually, you know what, Luke, you're part of this three way trade. Do you want to talk about this three way trade that uh, you, Ethan, and uh, Landon were part of? Yes, so I was approached during the last podcast by Ethan um, trying to FaceTime me with Landon and handle some business offline, as all good trades are done. Um, And they were like, hey, we're picking up that running back. We know you need a running back. Let's get Brees Hall off your hands and Darren Waller for Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper and George Kittle. Um, So I said, ultimately, at the end of the day, Darren Waller would have – uh, allowed me to win that game last week. Darren Holler and uh, Darren Holler, Darren Waller and Brees Hall combined would have put me over the edge. But I think long term, uh, having Amari Cooper, we'll talk about him. He's my X factor now, um, and a few other players. I think it was worth it for me to get a Kareem Hunt in exchange for George Kittle uh, and and Darren Waller swap. Yeah. Now speaking of a t- that's a, I think it's an interesting trade. I think I mean. People had needs on all of them, and people wanted players to get rid of. So I think everybody kind of came out of there. Nobody came out of there a clear loser. So I think that's the best trades when everybody had a piece of gain to it, whether it's a matter of, like, cleaning out your roster of players that you don't need anymore or um, or getting new players that you do want. There's, there is this ebbs and flows of how trades can work. And I think – you guys had a pretty clean trade. I like it. It's probably one of the cleanest three-way trades we've had so far. Um, we had a four-way trade last year, which was a which was egregiously complicated. 
But I think this is the cleanest multi-team trade that we've had so far as a, as a league. Now, moving on to what happened the following week. So that was on the 15th of September. Then on the, uh, the 20th of September, we had another trade go through with Landon. So Landon traded away Evan Ingram and Michael Gallup for Quinton's Cam Akers. Now, we talked about it on our first podcast about how Cam, Cam Akers disappeared in the, in the season opener. It, it kind of evened out this past week and week two. And we'll see how this goes. I think this was a risky uh, transaction for um, for Landon, but and I think for Quinton, he he got value from a player that could have zero value or have a little bit of value. So I think personally, I think um, personally, I think uh, Quinton won this trade just given that he has two different pieces that he can use at his disposal because Quentin we'll talk about this later but Quentin needs some help and I think these two pieces can at least help form that roster up going forward Luke your thoughts on this trade well Dutch I think at the end of the day it's an interesting move to try and secure Cam Akers I think Quentin got away with a bit of a steal offloading him there although Evan Ingram isn't uh, much to Jujet and Michael Gallup, is still injured. And that backup wide receiver, uh, I forget his name, uh, Nate Jones or something like that, uh, number 85, he played unreal against the Bengals. Uh, and they said uh, he and Cooper, Co- Cooper Rush got quite a connection. So um, at the end of the day, I think this is a non-factor trade for both teams, uh, just a little shakeup of the roster. If yeah, I agree with that. I think long-term winner is – well, I'm, both of them have an opportunity to win this trade. If Cam Akers becomes a bona fide one, then then definitely Landon has won this trade. But I think the risk is higher. It's like putting $10 in the middle, um, uh, any of the columns in roulette, right? You have a one to three odds of actually hitting it, but you get more of a payout. So I think Landon is taking that risk of um, – a uh, greater payout if Cam Akers ends up being the number one, but more of a risk if that ends up happening. So, but let's move to another trade that happened just hours late after that trade. You have my brother and my father, and I think there is a clear winner on this one. My brother trading away Jacoby Myers to uh, my father, my father trading away Cordero Patterson. I think Ethan won this trade. What are your thoughts? I think so as well. Um, but Jacoby Myers had a hell of a weekend against the Steelers. So um, if he continues to own that number one spot in New England and Mac Jones stays healthy, I think they'll be throwing a lot of the rock uh, this season, being down in games. Uh, so this could end up being a good trade. But overall, Corderell has both the receiving and running uh, prowess that you look for in a fantasy player that I don't see why you give that up for a, a, a potentially number one wide receiver at the Patriots. Yeah. And, and, and the backup, I forgot is Mike, what Mike Davis is, is the backup at uh, or the number two running back for the, the Falcons forget the name, but he got injured. And so court Cordell ends up having the, the market share of touches. Now that didn't transpire last week where Algier got some uh, kind of that backup role. But obviously, if you're the Falcons, you're going to put your hand, your trust into Cordell as opposed to to a late round rookie. 
So, but that was the transactions. Great job this week, fellas. This past week, fellas. I think uh, there's going to be some more trades coming your way. And your two podcast hosts are looking at something as well. So we'll see if something happens with that. But uh, going. Drop me blind for anyone out there taking a listen. Land and learn the hard way. You can't do that, baby. (laughs) So let's go on to what our what happened in week two um we'll start off with your matchup brother tough one because i think you what was your top win percentage total coming into monday night because in this matchup you lost 100 to 108 but that all happened on monday night so what happened there yeah well as as you can see in the top performer stefan diggs had a day my friend um i came into the day i think 68 percent probability to win uh monday night football i said that is extremely high uh considering how good stefan diggs is and of course he puts up two touchdowns um and and has a big big day um to just stretch nfl richmond fc the real kicker here was that george kittle my most recent addition uh was declared out as well as michael Pittman, my top wide receiver declared out um, at the start uh, of Thursday. So I had to uh, make some adjustments, make some calls. I couldn't get a tight end in time off the off the wire, so I was stuck with uh, Hunter Henry. I thought he would have at least a decent shot to get some numbers up. Goose egg. Then my boy DJ Chark at flex. I said, ah, let's put him over Mark Cooper. We'll see what happens. He had a great first week, zero points. So I had two goose eggs on the board that uh, put it in Amari Cooper or any other tight end in the league, probably uh, I could have gotten some points. So um, ultimately bad coaching, but uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, I'm sure you guys will be back next week. It's, but this was uh, that was definitely a tough loss because um, that was definitely a win you should have had, but a credit to uh, uh, credit to Greg and Graham for their first win as manager and co-manager. So on the back of a Monday night performance, those are always fun when you have the miracle pullout. So, uh, sucks for you, Luke, but I'm going to give my kudos out to, uh, to Greg and Graham for picking up a player that can make that kind of comeback happen. Uh, moving on to the next matchup. This was a close one too, brother. This one came down to the wire on Monday night as well, I believe. And this is between Zeke and Destroy and Decker Recker. Decker Recker eking it out 115 to 113. And uh, it's not like Zeke and Destroy didn't have performers. He had Tyreek Hill. He had Mark Andrews. Both of them combined for 57 points. Plus the rest of the roster that kind of let him down, including quarterback position, yours truly, Russell Wilson. <laughs> and less ride is not what uh, Landon was saying after Monday Night Football because that was rough. He... But the reason he lost on Monday Night Football was not because of Russ. It was because of Dalvin Cook getting outscored by the kicker. <laughs> that was a rough game, brother. And following 2-0, the, the reigning champ. It's uh, not where you want to be, but being that he's active in transactions, I can see him riding the ship. But, uh, brother, what was your thoughts on this matchup? Hey. Heavyweights are going to fight, baby. This was a good matchup. Rashad Bateman being a surprise, good pickup uh, this year for Decker Records. So shout out to him. Uh, DeAndre Swift having another big day. And Justin Herbert throwing out his shit 
and still putting on for the city of Los Angeles. Uh, not for much. Ended up losing. But, uh, hey, good effort by the boy. And uh, Zeke, I remember he said, uh, Zeke and Detroit said, uh, what did he say? That's it, Russell Wilson. I'll take anything for him. So, hey, let's ride, baby. I'm not going to take him, that's for sure. Um, but, hey, <laughs> that's, it's, a, it's a heck of a matchup. Hey, Landon, I have Trevor Lawrence if you want. <laughs> there you go. There's a trade to consider. Um, tough one for sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to find a way to make the right the ship. Uh, we'll see. I'm interested to see how he tries to do that because he has not put himself in a position for success um, with an 0-2 start. Now, moving on to um, another matchup. And, brother, what happened to your roommate, Quentin? He disappeared because Chris absolutely annihilated him. Baskin Dobbins, 143 to Quinton's Quilters, 65. And brother, out of that 65 for, for Q, I would say half of it was by two players, Patrick Mahomes and T. Higgins. <laughs> the rest of the lineup did not show up. Um, and then for, for Chris, he had Amon Ross St. Brown. Nick Chubb, Curtis Samuel, everybody performed. And this is the biggest ball of the week. He almost, he, he, I think Chris outscored Q by 250%. (laughs) Oh boy. We are not sitting here dunking on Q, but son, that was a awful performance. You know it. We know it. I think the record low we've seen in this league uh was low 50s so you're not in the danger zone there it's the low 40s it was the low 40s and i believe we have seen a upper 30s at one point but i don't remember i can't you're not in the danger zone just yet of being the worst team of all time but hey you are gonna have to talk to these boys get them shaped up hunter renfro he's out so you're not even gonna be able to rely on that seven points where are you gonna make it up (laughs) Uh, I think he's uh, been aggressively hitting the trades. And, uh, hey, some days it's not your Sunday, as we like to say here at the Richards Romick household. Um, But all credit to Baskin Dobbins. That team is tough. Nick Chubb with Amon Ross, St. Brown. Curtis Samuel having a surprise season so far. My goodness, he's looking tough. Don't want to see him out there in the streets. Yeah, I'm playing Chris this upcoming week, and we'll go and get into that. But Chris is looking good. I'm loving to see it because Chris has had some uh, heartbreaking injuries and unfortunate trade situations the last couple of years. So uh, I think this has been a bit of a redemption year for a lot of people. So but let's get into the next matchup. This is uh, my matchup against my mother, Austin City Limits versus Gay Sarah Sarah. And... Um, Got to say, Aaron Jones is spectacular. <laughs> Aaron Jones putting the team on his back. My team didn't really perform much. Austin Eckler kind of doing okay. My third best scorer was the kicker. But, man, uh, uh, Aaron Jones just putting the team on his back, giving me a respectable scoreline, and uh, winning easily despite ha- Josh Allen having 30 points on uh, and Mike Williams having 20 points. Um, what do you think of this one? I think it was a, I mean, Aaron Jones made it look like a straightforward win, but it was not that going into that game. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were in trouble here for a minute uh, at the start, uh, especially with how much uh, Gay Sarah Sarah had left on the bench uh, in terms of not yet performed. Uh, players left to play is probably a better way to say that. Yeah. So I said, oh, boy, but Aaron Jones, heck of a day. The bionic leg of Carlson. He'll probably kick till he's 40. Um, but, hey, ACL, Austin City Limits, they didn't tear up just yet, baby. Pulled out a squeaker on his mother. Gay Sarah Sarah falls 0-2 to start the season. But, hey, a long one ahead. Mike Williams came to play this week. That's something you can be proud of. Yeah, he did. He did. And I think that's a, that's a positive sign for my mother because Mike Williams had a questionable week one. But I think week two showed that he is a he's a great pickup that you had in the draft. So um, I have him in a different league, and I'm very happy about that performance last week. Um, but moving on to the next matchup, we got – I think this is the surprise of so far of the year. Granted, this is just early on in week two. But you got Are You Kidding Me versus Quadzilla, King of Footballers, and Ethan putting up not just a win, but a pretty resounding win at 118 versus 83. And here's the thing, dude. Ethan had their top scorer be Derek Carr with only 19 points. That means his entire team was pretty solid at about the 10 10- – point range and it was just consistent so great job ethan ben what a heartbreaking loss last week we were hyping you up and you just must have drank a little too much of that kool-aid man so <laughs> i'm sure you'll get it next week because again you'll see later on that your team is still extremely favored but definitely not a result you want to see but maybe one you want to get out early in the season luke your thoughts on this one yeah this is definitely a loss you want to get out of the way early in the season um, we know his team, just like Baskin Dobbins, is stacked. And by his team, I'm referring to Quadzilla. Um, it just takes a given week. Uh, Terry McLaurin, a disappointing day, still scored 10 points. So not a bad team in any results. Mike Thomas pulling up the 15 points for you. That's a good good sign there. Two weeks in a row of good Mike Thomas uh, performance. And, um, hey, are you kidding me? Looking tough. Finally come up from them trenches, Ethan. You've been down there at the bottom swimming for the last couple seasons, and it's good to see you. 2-0, baby. Welcome to the club. I'm not a part of it, but I've heard it's nice. It is nice. I'm the other team that – so I'm one of the three teams that's 2-0. Ethan is the second. And here's the kicker. The third team that's 2-0, so two of the three teams that are 2-0, were in the toilet bowl of last year. And so the team that won this week in a thriller – is Shake and Bake versus Judy or not Judy. And I got to apologize to my father. This is a tough one for him because he put up the third most amount of points this week and lost. So, but that goes to show that Shake and Bake has come to play this year. He is, he is sick and tired of the toilet and he and Ethan are up there and running with two and zero record. So love to see it. Judy or not Judy, I thought he was going to have an easy win earlier on when Lamar, like earlier on in the, in the Ravens game when the Dolphins looked kind of dead and out. Lamar Jackson put up a killer. He was up there in the plus 30, uh, upper 30 points, and Waddle wasn't really performing by that point. Uh, but as you all know, Waddle had two touchdowns, had a career get, uh, game, and Jalen Hurts and Cooper Cup, shake and bake. You got a tough team. I love to see it, brother. Good job. And my father, I mean, this is just a tough one. But 
I think I think my dad also has a team to play as well. And Lamar Jackson's shown to be a uh, a dog this year. So, Luke, what are your thoughts? Yep, when you've got Lamar Jackson and Buffalo defense combining for over sixty points, you're saying, "Dear Lord, hell yes!" <laughs> but Judy or not Judy was not Judy again. Uh, unfortunately, shout out to Shake and Bake. If Waddle can keep this performance up, he's gonna have a heck of a team here, son. That is nasty when Cooper Cup's your third best scorer. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Great, great win by Cray. And we'll see you next week, brother. If Jay, yeah, you're you're right. If Jalen Waddle performs like this going forward, this lineup of your number one, number two receiver is the best in the league by far. Cooper Cup and Jalen Waddle is gonna be insane to stop. And you have Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, which is probably the top three quarterback of the the uh, fantasy season so far. So, and I can foresee him only getting better going forward when he actually has to play close games. So, yeah, this is a tough team. He's I I'm liking what Cray's doing so far this year. Um, it's Cray Cray what Cray is doing. Nice Dutch, come on, come on. Now let's talk about standings here, brother. All right, we're going to start with the Scotch Bonnet division. At the top, you got Shake and Bake at 2-0. Right now, he's got an 83% chance to make the playoffs. Followed by Quadzilla, King of Footballers, 1-1, 65% chance to make the playoffs. Then you got NFL Richmond FC at 1-1 with a 57% chance to make the playoffs. And lastly, already we're starting to get a little bit in the trenches, Gay Sarasara at 0-2 with a 34% chance to make the playoffs. Luke, your thoughts on the Scotch Bonnet division? Well, Dutch, I'd say things are heating up for lack of a pepper pun. Um, however, Shake and Bake looking real tough. Quadzilla and NFL Richmond FC duking it out there in the middle. And like you said, Gay Sarah Sarah at the bottom. I think uh, she's going to need to do some work. She's going to have to get out there and tend to the fields, attend team practices, no more weekend parties, but it's possible. We can see it happen. We've seen worse. Yep, yep. And we've seen worse get into the playoffs. So, um, as your name says, or as it alludes to, it is what it is. That's what your record is. We'll see what happens as you try to make a claw your way back into um, into the playoff ranks. Moving on to the Habanero division, you got at the top of the at the top of the division. You got. Are you kidding me? At two and zero. Oh, with a 70% chance to make the playoffs, followed by Austin City Limits at 2-0, with, a, again, 70% chance to make the playoffs. Then you got Decker Wrecker at 1-1 with a 53% chance to make the playoffs. And again, another team in the trenches, 0-2, Quinton's Cultures at a 34% chance to make the playoffs. Luke, what are your thoughts on Habanero division so far? Well, Dutch, this is a, a good division here. Quinton's Quilters, come on, baby. We got to put in the work. Tied with Gay Saracera with the lowest odds to make the playoffs this year. Um, however, it's a long season. That's what we're talking about. I think, Dutch, you and your brother, two teams to beat here, obviously. But I think your brother's got an edge on you. I got to say, that team is looking tough. For now, yeah, I think so. We'll see what uh, what transpires with the trades and whatnot. But I think right now, Ethan's got a tough team. And um, But the three uh, 2-0 teams have the highest percent odds to make the playoffs, which makes sense. But then moving on to the Cayenne division, at the top of the division, you got Judy or not Judy at one and one with a 65% chance to make the playoffs, followed by Baskin Dobbins at one and one with a 67% chance to make the playoffs. 
followed by the Bikini Bottom Burrows at one and one with a 64% chance to make the playoffs. And then lastly, you got Zeke and Destroy at 0 and 2 with a 37% chance to make the playoffs. Luke, what are your thoughts on your division? Hey, we're tough. One and one leading the way. Sorry, Zeke and Destroy, you'll get your win one day. I know it's out there, um, especially with all the trades you've been making. But hey, I like what I see here. I think uh, Baskin Dobbins is tough. Judy or not, Judy is tough. And the Burrows have put up 100-plus both both weeks so far. So, barely skirts the surface with two goose, goose eggs. God damn it. Uh, with two goose We're leaving eggs. that in. <laughs> I said, uh, barely scratched the surface with two goose eggs and tight end and flex. So, I think uh, I'm in a good position as well to make a run here. So, we'll, we'll definitely see. I've got the matchup with Judy or not Judy this week. And uh, we'll discuss it all here in a little bit. Yep. Yep. So far, so good, fellas. We got a long season ahead. So let's talk about the power rankings and the weekly rewards. We'll start with the power rankings. Right now, the team that's not a two-no team is at the top of the is at the top of the power rankings at number one. Again, it's from a software that I use that analyzes our league. Right now, at number one, we have Quadzilla, King of Footballers. At number two, we got Baskin Dobbins. Number three, we got Zeke and Destroy, an 0-2 team. Number three in the power rankings. So interested to see what's going on here with these rankings. Then going fourth, we got in fourth position, we got Shake and Bake. Then followed by number five, you got Austin City Limits. Number six, you got Are You Kidding Me? Number seven, you got Decker Wrecker. Number eight, you got NFL Richmond FC. Nine, you got Bikini Bottom Burrows. Ten, you got Gay Sarah Sarah. Dang, at 11, they got Judy or not Judy. And then at 12, they got Quentin's Quilters and they gave him the clown face. Luke, what are your thoughts? I said, what the hell kind of software are we using here where Quadzilla is still the best team? And how are our two and O's, four, five, and six? I don't know what's going on here, but I'm not liking it. And uh, God dang, rest in peace to Quentin and Judy or not Judy. They got dog in this power ranking. They did. They did. Hey, it's, it's, it's all part of an algorithm. They just don't like your teams going forward, but we'll see if that is the case. Now let's move on to the weekly rewards. We got the highest score. We got to give a shout out to Baskin Dobbins. He led the league with an impressive 144 points. Then followed by that, you got bottom of the pile. <laughs> Again, this was the, the actual matchup. The bottom of the pile was uh, Quentin's Quilters who only put up a lowly 66 points. So, Bragging Rights goes to Baskin Dobbins, who blew out Quentin's Quilters by 78 points. My God. <laughs> Followed by a bad beat. And we all saw this live where uh, Zeke and Destroy lost a deck record by two points. And that was on the, the, the back of Dalvin Cook choking. Moving forward, we got Lucky Break. He got NFL Richmond FC. He finished four and seven in all play this week. But he still came away with a win. So he had just had a good matchup, brother, um, against you. <laughs> Followed by not so lucky. And I we alluded to this earlier. You got Judy or not Judy. He was nine and two against all other teams, but he still lost. So tough week. That is fantasy. And we've seen this before. We've seen it before with the number two scoring team loses. So it's what why we love fantasy. And then uh, lastly, we got Sharpshooter. Take a bow, are you kidding me? You led the league with a 96.3% accuracy score. So, brother, what are your thoughts on the weekly rewards? Hey, 
they all make sense. I still haven't gotten one yet, but uh, I, for a lot of these, don't want to be on here. So at the end <laughs> of the day, um, I'm hiding under the radar. I'll take it. And uh, not so lucky going nine and two. That is a that is a tough break for Judy or not Judy. It is a tough break. Now, let's move on to next week's matchups here. We have the first one, and this one's definitely been impacted, at least from a percentage standpoint, based on what happened Thursday night. But we got Baskin Dobbins versus Austin City Limits, and Baskin Dobbins has a 63% chance to win based on that lucky touchdown by the Cleveland Browns at the end of the game. I am not going to be surprised if I lose this one, but as we lose to this team is tough. We will see how the rest of the, uh, rest of the uh, matchups go. I still think I have a chance. I need to figure out my quarterback situation because Tom Brady, without all of his weapons, is going to be tough. Um, but Austin Eckler, I think this is the week where we see him explode. Aaron Jones, I think uh, he has a great game because Tampa Bay has a great run defense. But I think Aaron Jones is going to be great on the receiving end. And we'll see how the other receivers do. I don't like C.D. Lamb at all with Cooper Rush, but Amon Ross St. Brown is a dog. And Christian McCaffrey is obviously a dog. So if I had to predict against, I, I'll, I'm always going to take myself. But if I had to be unbiased, I would take Chris in this one. Luke, what are your thoughts so far? Yeah, I think it's hard to not go with Chris looking at it on paper, brother. It is a uh, categorical upset if you pull this off um in in any capacity so hey the odds are there for a reason because you never know what's going to happen in reality and uh i think you've got a shot here at tight end to make some noise i think you got a shot there uh at god i don't know the flex yeah well but even the flex james robinson has been having a heck of a year so far so i don't like him against the los angeles's defense though it's fair so hey Tough one there, relying on a one or two big players. But, hey, if CD has a bad day, Almond Ra goes down, you never know what will happen, baby. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think uh, I think it's something that can is not unachievable. That's why there's still that 36% chance, but definitely not in my favor. Moving on to the next one, we got Quadzilla King of Footballers against Quinton's Quilters. And this one has not been impacted by anybody playing on Thursday night. And they are giving Quadzilla King of Footballers a 68% chance at winning. Luke, this looks rough. It makes sense if you look at it on paper. Um, man, yeah, Justin Jefferson, Gabe Davis, Saquon, Javante, A.J. Dillon as your flex. I, I do foresee um, Ben pulling out this win because I think, I think Luke is hurt. I mean, I think Quentin is hurting at the number two receiver position and at the flex position and at the tight end position. And that's all places that Ben has at least solid, if not great options. Yeah, I agree. Similar to the last matchup we just reviewed, I think this is going to be a tough uh, mountain for Quentin to overcome, especially just lineup by lineup there. Again, Patrick Mahomes, he could go for 40, he could go for 15. You never know. Same with Jonathan Taylor, not scoring last week, really put a, a damper on it. And, heck, they're playing each other. So, hopefully it's a high-scoring game. Um, T. Higgins can go off, but he ain't going to outscore Justin Jefferson. D.K. Metcalf needs uh, – what's his face? Gino. He's a quarterback. <laughs> he needs someone to throw him the damn ball. And Gabe Davis, as long as he stays healthy, 
that's a that's a blowout uh, wide receiver placement there too, even after missing a week. Yep. So this is tough. Q may the force be with you, but I don't I don't see you winning this one. Uh, moving on to the next one, we got Gay Saracera versus NFL Richmond FC. This is also a bit of a favorited matchup, but not as much as we've seen with the other two, the first two matchups. So right now they're giving Gay Saracera as an underdog with a 43% chance to win and NFL Richmond FC with a 56% chance to win. Brother, what do you think of this so far? I think I personally believe that if my mom can figure out that RB2 situation, that she's getting uh, discounted how much she can score because I think Alvin Kamara is going to play. I think he's going to be solid. And uh, Kelsey is going to go off against Indianapolis. And uh, I think where my mom is weak is wide receiver two, flex, and RB two. But where NFL Richmond's FC exists, they don't really – besides Stephon Diggs and Jamar Chase – they, they don't have, like, anybody that's going to blow your socks off in terms of scores. Now, we saw last week that that can happen with Stephon Diggs. But I think with Gabe Davis being back, I, I don't see that happening, at least from Diggs. Chase can still do that, but we'll see what happens with that. Who do you have winning this one? I have my mom in this one, I would say. I got NFL Richmond FC in a close one here. I think your mom does put up much higher than she's projected. I think she probably lands around 110, 112. Uh, in total performance. And then I think NFL Richmond FC has a day this week. Matt Stafford, he's pissed. He's ready. Going to be against a hot-flying Arizona defense. David Montgomery and Edward Solaire going to have some themselves a day. Diggs and Chase, on paper, that's the best duo wide receivers we got if Cooper Cup and uh, Jalen Waddle don't work out over yep. on the shake and bake. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Evan McPherson – Pearson at kicker, you got to have it, baby. So <laughs> I got my money on NFL Richmond FC, and that's not because they just took me down last week, baby. That's fair. That's fair. But um, we'll see what happens with that one. I think that one's going to be close, and it's a must win for my mom. She cannot fall to 0-3. I mean, obviously she can, but it's going to be tough to make the playoffs after an 0-3 start. Moving on to the next one. We got – this is a good one, brother. This is Judy or not Judy against – Bikini bottom burrows right now. The software is giving them this is after what happened on Thursday. The software is giving Judy or not Judy a 50.7% advantage over bikini bottom burrows. Pretty much it's a coin flip. And uh, yeah, brother, you had a, you had Amari Cooper go off. Kareem Hunt underperformed and uh, Cade York uh, slightly underperformed. Whereas Najee Harris slightly underperformed his total. But I think elsewhere, you got Devontae Adams and Lamar Jackson for Judy or not Judy. I don't see Judy playing. So we'll see how my father puts deals with wide receiver two. With that being said, I think you pull the win off. But I think if Kyle Pitts has his day, which is going to come, it's going to happen at some point, then you're going to lose. I think if he doesn't do that and, and my dad can't figure out wide receiver two, then, then, it's, uh, then it's your win. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, this obviously the projections have me putting Tyler Conklin in over George Kittle, which probably won't happen, as well as the Eagles defense yeah. over Tampa Bay, which will also probably not happen. Um, however, I think uh, it, as close as it is, because I think it was a uh, 107.5 to 107.8 was the projection in ESPN. 
Um, so it's been a virtual tie. Obviously, uh, I didn't get what I wanted out of Kareem Hunt. But, hey, to only be four points short of Najee Harris, I think Mixon makes up quite a bit of a difference on Miles Sanders uh, as his RB2. And then I just got to make sure Debo has a day. And we should be we should be in a good spot here. That that flex play by Amari Cooper, uh, questionable, but it worked out because I was like, hey, Michael Pittman's probably gonna even if he does play, not play well um, coming off that injury. So that was a bold move to put him there. But hey, I said I'll I'll worry about Christian Kirk versus Michael Pittman later on in the in the in the week. Yep, sounds good, brother. I think uh, yeah, I, th- I think you pull the win out. But I, I, there is definitely a path when my father wins. And I think that's hingent on Kyle Pitts. Because I think the biggest difference, because I, I think it's also a bit of a risk, too, with um, with Kittle coming back. I mean, Kittle's just been so injury prone. And his first game back, it could be one play where he's playing a drive or two drives and he's just not there. And then you got to go with the uh, – then you just stuck with how, what he performed in that first couple of drives. So – I think there's a risky move with 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 Kittle, but you're not going to not play him. So I think it makes sense, but I think the tight end position is is far more important than we're giving it credit for in this one. So, hundred percent, yeah. Then it all comes down to also, like you said, if Kyle Pitts has a day, it's going to be tough for me to come back. Moving on, and then also the Buffalo Bills defense is always going to give you a nice ledge. This matchup is for the co-lead, uh, obviously, barring Baskin Robbins' uh, turn of events. Co-lead of the cayenne division, baby. It's true. It's true. Hey, I'm ho- I'm I'm here to try to make it so it's the actual lead of the cayenne division, but we'll see if that comes through. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, we got another good one. We got the lifelong friends of Are You Kidding Me and Zeke and Destroy, Ethan versus Landon. And right now they're given. Uh, we have no Thursday night to a- affect the overall projections. But right now they're giving Ethan a 53% advantage over Zeke and Destroy. And going through it, I think Derrick Henry has has himself a day. He hasn't so far. I think he does. I, I think the question mark is RB2. That's going to be pretty vital to both teams. Um, look at the rest of the team. I think definitely Zeke and Destroy is weak at wide receiver two. Um both have great tight ends. Both have decent flex options. I think, yeah, I think the, the X factor here is RB2 and wide receiver two. If Cortland Sutton puts up another day and Zeke and Destroy doesn't have an answer to that, and if um, Cordero Patterson just does what he does and Zeke has been doing what he's been doing, it's an easy win for Ethan. But I think where that those are still question marks. Zeke still can put up a 20-plus point performance and uh, – who knows? Alan Lazard, number one receiver for, for Aaron Rodgers. That's worked out very well in the past, just hasn't so far this year. We'll see what happens with that. Luke, what are your thoughts? Yep, and I think as we were talking about the last matchup, the tight ends here are going to be a key part of the conversation of what actually happens. Tight end two versus tight end three. This is actually also a part of the three-way trade that uh, myself and Landon and Ethan all participated in. So it could come back to bite one of them uh, or Good. one of them might come out the winner. So we will certainly find out there. But, uh, hey, I think Ian take, Ethan takes this one. I don't think it's that close. Man. Lazard and Tyreek Hill have a day, and some of these other players step up. There's, there's always a chance, just not a good one. 
I agree with you in one spec, but I don't agree with you in the second one. I think I think it's going to be close, but I do think Ethan takes it out. Um, just knowing that these two have a history of close matchups against each other. This is a this is um, a repeat of the twenty what was it twenty eighteen championship matchup. You weren't I don't you were not part of the league then, but this was Ethan and Landon were competing for that uh, twenty eighteen championship, and Ethan lost because of a few unlucky breaks, including. Oh God! What was his name? Um, what was the undrafted player that played for the Broncos for half a minute? Then he left. I'm trying to remember his name. Patrick Lindsay. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. Lindsay. Uh, he, but yeah, you got the last name right. I couldn't. I just couldn't think of it. But um, he got injured that game. Out. <laughs> so, I mean, these two always have close games against each other. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this week. Um, Moving on to our last and final matchup, we got – this is going to be significant for a number of reasons. This is Shake and Bake versus Decker Record. Now, the software doesn't have it being close, but I personally believe it's one of the most significant ones given where certain things are in certain uh, divisions. You got you, – you had Quadzilla as a clear favorite. So if, if Shake and Bake loses, he's going to have to share that lead in that division. Um and Dak uh, and Decker Racker, he is one and one in division of two two and O teams. One of them is projected to lose, mine, and one of them is projected to win. So if Decker Racker needs to get himself up the ladder of that division, because that division seems to be quite tough, if I do say so myself. So he needs that win, and Shake and Bake's trying to hold on to what's been one of the mo- more dominant teams so far this year. Um, looking at the matchup itself, you got we talked about it earlier. You got my top two receiving options of Cooper Cup and Jalen Waddle with Jalen Hurts. Where, where uh, Shake and Bake lacks is that running back uh, with Josh Jacobs and, and James Conner. Um, and that flex too, but for whatever reason, it seems like it's uh, despite that, he has two dogs at receiver and a dog at quarterback, which are going to carry the team. I foresee that happening again this week. What, Luke, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be tough for Decker Record to overcome this one. Uh, but, hey, Deontay Johnson already performing over expectations. If Zach Ertz, old ass, can get down the field, he might have uh, some effort to put in there too. And uh, we got to see how that Patriots defense stacks up for Ian as well because uh, they have not been looking as good as we thought uh, of late. So nope. a thought um, other than that, I think, it, yeah, it just comes down to if Shake and Bake's key players don't come through. Uh, then it's questionable. But other than that, it's it's shake and bakes to lose. I agree. Well, brother, got a great week ahead of us. It's going to be a fun Sunday. Another part of that about this, too, is that most of our games are going to be decided by Sunday because the uh, the Monday night game is uh, Cowboys versus Giants, and only a handful of us have players that we are relying on on either the Cowboys or the Giants. So most of us will know what uh how we did overall and if we won so it's gonna be a fun sunday um got a fun fun sunday night matchup with the broncos and the 49ers so i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be a good uh good day tomorrow come on baby another week is here get your football ready get your chips ready and uh give me a Bengals w come on now hey let's hear the Bengals w and let's ride <laughs> This is your Commissioner Dutch and uh, Lucas James Romick. And uh, 
We are signing out. I hope you had a great uh, time on this podcast, and we will see you on the flip side. Have a great, great Sunday, everybody. And, uh, hey, it's football, baby. Enjoy it. This is what we love to watch, and we're having fun doing it. So um, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you on the flip side. Peace. Peace.